Hey, party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by GM of the Serendipity City podcast, game designer, novelist, creator of the Unplaced podcast, and wearer of so many more hats, Michelle Nicolaisen, for a game of City of Mist. City of Mist is a superhero noir mystery game in which players take on the role of reincarnated spirits of figures of legend and fiction and mythology. Blessed with powers verging on the superhuman and an otherworldly call to destiny, these awakened heroes explore supernatural mysteries and attempt to uncover the secret behind that creeping voice in their ear, pushing them towards greatness. You can find more information about City of Mist as well as links to all of Michelle's work in the show notes. Before we dive in, a few special Patreon thank yous to new Patreon backers Ben Wallace, Ben S., and Rochelle Dube. Thank you for your support of the show, as well as my game design and community efforts. It means a lot. It really, really means a lot. And a quick reminder that on January 27th in Thirsty Dice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, we will be taking part in the Everything is Awesome Headstrong Comedy Festival. It's going to be great. Thirsty Dice is hosting an entire day of actual play podcasts, including... Pot of Love, including Heart Points, including A Quest for Magic and Steel, Refugees of Esmeralda, and Full Belly Laughs, as well as Party of One. It's going to be a great time. I hope you'll come out, and I hope that if you can't make it, you will consider donating to the Headstrong Foundation, which is the cause that we're supporting with this comedy festival, by going to bit.ly slash headstrongfest. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Michelle Nicolaisen. Michelle? Thanks so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm very excited. So real quick at the top of the show, before we get into the game, why don't you take a moment and let the listeners at home know about any projects you've got going on, anything you might want them to know about. Yeah, um, so I have, probably most relevant is that I have an actual play podcast called Serendipity City, which I'm the DM for. Um, It's a... 19, alt 1920s um, sort of diesel punky podcast, uh, urban fantasy, very there's anarchists and werewolves and um, lots of gays, so <laughs> probably the most all relevant. The, all the good stuff, yeah. right? Like all the all the best stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the most relevant. I've also got another podcast that is a scripted audio drama called Unplaced about a woman who wakes up one day and no one can see her or hear her, and she's sort of like. Starts trying to figure out the mystery of that, which stars mm-hmm. previous guest Cole Burkhart. Um, and then I'm working on I'm working on a PBTA hack, like extremely back burner, so I have no idea when that will be live. Um, but people can keep up to date on that by following me on Twitter, which is at underscore shell shock, but with shell like Michelle. Um, and then like I write short stories, and I'm working on a novel series, and you know, I. Uh, I just have like nothing going on as far as my projects go. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. We're, you know, I, I get, I, I get it. There's, you know, it's 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 slow. I understand. <laughs> I have so much free time and nothing to fill it with. Yeah, right. I just wish that I had a project. I wish I had like <laughs> one more project to just fill my days with. It would be ideal. <laughs> so, this week we are playing City of Mist. It is a game about. A mysterious city and people who embody ancient spirits and legends and who sort of go on superhero noir adventures and investigate mysteries. With that in mind, why don't you introduce us to your uh, your legendary hero this week? Yes. So um, I am playing a like I think we decided like 19, 20 year old um, named Rory, mm-hmm. 
who's a college student working at like they're from a small town. They're working at a uh, like a big fi- finance company in the city. Uh, scholarship. Yeah, they're student. working specifically for they're working specifically for Zaxby Linderman. It's like a big like stock trading company. It's a very good name. Thank you. Oh, and the myth side of things is Renard. So Renard is the mythos that is, um, I don't like, what's the language used in the book? Like possessing or like presenting? Like reincarnated, I think is how they describe it. Or like possessing or like, it's, it's like, it's, it's basically within you. Okay. Yes. Like it embodied, it's embodied you. Yes. So Renard the Fox is this folkloric trickster figure, um, from medieval, like English, France, French, uh, German folklore. Uh, there's different versions in all of those localities. And he's sort of almost like a Robin Hood type character, uh, like steal from the rich and give to the poor. All of the stories, a lot of the stories are um, satirical and are poking mm-hmm. fun at the aristocracy or the um, clergy, the like institutional institutional powers that's the word i'm looking for institutional Mm -hmm. powers that would have been like a major factor in people's day-to-day lives back then and i thought that that would be an interesting contrast with like this young kid who moved from a small town to a big city and is like trying to make their way without necessarily defying their ethics and winds up at a stockbroker I, I like that a lot. I like that. And I like that. So what's your, tell me about what your job is at, at Linderman Zaxby. I am a personal assistant. So they're like basically a gopher, I believe mm-hmm. is what, is what we decided. Um, they're an intern that is not getting paid enough or possibly getting paid at all. Uh, <laughs> they're getting paid in exposure. Yeah. Which is maybe the most valuable thing. Yeah, you can pay you can always pay your rent with exposure. It's great. I love it. It's very good. <laughs> it's very good. I, I I really hope that you bring down these guys real hard because I'm already mad at them. Yeah. Uh yes, this is a very good proxy for um for for like current day to day annoyances in America yes, twenty eighteen. <laughs> The the, the the hell year 2018 is, I believe, the full name of it. Yes. Uh, so so also our story begins, with, we'll start in a day in the life, which is just an ordinary day. You kind of, you going about, you get to work. You kind of have to get to work about a half hour before uh, Alphonse Linderman or Leo Zaxby, the two kind of head partners of the firm, as well as a bunch of the managers. So you're pretty much here like a half hour before basically anyone like getting things set up, you start the coffee, you lay out the papers, you know, you you fill out the whiteboard with the meeting schedule, and people start to file in. You are handing out the mail that has come in the night before. It's real busy. What 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 did you what happened to you last night that you are feeling like under under rested for this? I think that um Oh, also, I'm going to use, I forgot to say, but I'm going to use she, her pronouns for this character. Um, I think I've been switching back and forth between they and she, but just so that that's clear. So I think that Rory was like up late because there's still, she's still um, a college student too, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I'm thinking that maybe it's like close to final season. She was up late studying and also prepping everyone's schedules because based on what I know from project management, 
um, and having done that myself, I imagine that if you are the person like managing multiple executive schedules, that it's sort of like a very large, very complicated jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. And, and, and so like, yeah, you've been up all night. You've been basically up all night cramming for this or cramming for these finals that we'll say are coming in a week. Cause I think that gives it a good tension. Yeah. Puts it in the air. Yeah. That e- econ. Mm-hmm. Econ final. And as, as you're kind of going through your morning, you see in the lobby, uh, there is a very harried looking older, uh, older gentleman with like a like brown like brown raincoat trench coat type deal that very classic brown raincoat kind of rumpled grayish suit with just a suitcase that is like overflow it like that is or it's like one of those um like leather suitcases that is just kind of like bursting at the seams with papers and documents and things and he's got pens lining his lapel like the lapel uh, pocket of his jacket and he just he's just got so much stuff and he's just kind of hanging out in the lobby. He walks you see him walk up as you're kind of going about the day. You don't really necessarily have time to like greet him. But you see him kind of like at a distance, you watch him kind of go up to the receptionist and you know, kind of get a little heated and then go back to the chair. What are you doing as this is all like unfolding? I imagine that as she is like running back and forth between um telling people about the next meeting and who's coming in that she's kind of like trying to keep an eye on this because even though she's not the receptionist as someone who is like doing admin type work at a at a company if something if someone knows that she was even tangentially aware of a problem and did not solve it before it became somebody somebody important's problem like it's gonna be her ass on the line right mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that, like, she's probably keeping an eye on him. When does he, does he, like, is he in the lobby starting at, like, the very beginning of the day? He probably gets there. I think the receptionist is the first person to get in. Uh, his name is Bobby. and He's very, he's very friendly. He's bubbly. He's kind of that, got that bubbly, like, it's too early to be friendly. <laughs> uh, he's there first. You get there probably, like, ten minutes after him. He is already, like bought you like a starbucks from around the corner that's just waiting and he's like he's like always first that's a sign of a great employee god bless you bobby that's amazing and then like people kind of file in he probably shows up about like 15 minutes after you and he's been here in the lobby for about an hour now okay like periodically walking up to bobby and like talking for a minute and then kind of sitting down and flipping through papers, like, looking very intentedly at the documents that he's pulling out of this briefcase, walking back up, trying to show Bobby the papers, and then Bobby has to be, like, shrugging and being like, and, like, shooing him back to the the little couch. Yeah, so I think probably after watching this for a little bit, um, I'm going to walk up to Bobby and walk up with, like, a clipboard or something so that I have a pretense of talking to him for people Mm -hmm. who are observing this. Um... And I'm like, hey, uh, what's who's who's this person? Are they here for an appointment? Do I need to let somebody know? Is this a new item on the schedule? If you could, have you heard from Mr. Linderman today? I, I, this man says he's from, and Bobby looks to the left and looks to the right and leans in. Says he's from the SEC. I don't know if it's. I guess it's probably just audit season, but I don't know. Have you? And he says he's got to talk to Mr. Linderman, but like I haven't 
seen him like all day. Yeah, Mr. Linderman has had back-to-back appointments all morning. Um, I'm not sure when he's even going to take lunch. At that moment, um, the guy actually walks up to both of you. Hi, my name is uh, is Nestor Holbrook. I am uh, with the SCEC. Could you maybe try? I I I I I I see from the clipboard and the fact that you're what are you? What are you? Twelve? It doesn't matter. If you could just maybe like show me to his office and maybe give him a call to let him know because this is. Do you? This is really important. Have an appointment with Mr. Linderman. Don't, but this is kind of a sort of a top priority thing. We really, really need to speak with him in private before this escalates. Okay, um, well, I can do what I can. Do you have a card that I can yes. give Mr. Linderman? Yes, and he hands you this card. It is, like, very official. It has the SEC seal on it. Uh, it, it, you know, it says that he's Nestor Holbrook. Like, it is, it is mundane, but nonetheless kind of dazzling in its, like, professionalism. It's one of those nice cards. And he cards kind of is just like... With the stamp. Yeah. He, he's like, please just call him as soon as possible. I need to speak with him right away. And so what do you do? Um, I think, assuming the card checks out, uh, which, like, it sounds like... It sounds like it is fairly official looking. This is not like a Vista mm-hmm. print card or something. No, it definitely, it's as if you can tell this is official. Okay. Um, also, out of character question. Yeah. Uh, should I, know, should I, Michelle, know what the acronym SEC is? Because I oh. do not. The securities, the securities and exchange commission, they're the people that bust financial, that bust financial crime. Okay. That makes a lot. I was assuming it was something like that, but thought that it might be good to clarify. Okay. Yes. No, thank you for clarifying. Yes. This is the Exerities <laughs> and Exchange Commission, the people that, uh, you know, uh, investigate like financial wrongdoings. Okay. Uh, so I'll say, yeah, thank you. I will talk to Mr. Linderman. Um, I'll get this on his desk as soon as I can, and I will come back down and let you know as soon as I know anything. Um, she's going to then, Rory turns around and walks off, looks for like a corner, and looks at the business card, is going to call the number on the business card to double check that the like person who picks up is is like an actual official person. Yeah, and it goes it goes basically right to his voicemail, but it is it is, you know, Lester Holbrook, agent, Securities and Exchange Commission. I'm out of the office at the moment, and it's real boring. Okay. Like it's long and it's a it's a long and boring message, but it is legit. Okay. And maybe maybe the fact that it's long and boring, like, is the biggest sign that it is a legit government <laughs> voicemail. Yeah, definitely have sat through some of those. Okay, so as uh, probably like 10 seconds into the voicemail, when it's very clear that it's going to be a long, boring official voicemail, uh, I hang up and I go back to the, back to Lester's office. Wait, not Lester. Um, Linderman. Mr. Linderman's office. And I'm going to like look at the schedule and see if there is a couple of minutes anywhere where I can let him know that there is someone from the SEC wanting to talk to him and who says it's urgent. Uh, actually, like as you're doing that, as you're doing that, like Linderman basically is like walking in, you know, barking at people, half barking. He's doing that like smiling, like that smiling chiding thing as he walks in, you know, just beaming with that really, like, 
Christian Bale American psycho oh, no. energy of just like, hey, hey, looking great, looking great. Notice you didn't iron your skirt. That's an, that's an interesting decision. You know, presentation is everything in this business. I'm just messing with you. Have a great day, Carol. Hello, everyone. Rory. Rory, how are we doing? What's the schedule looking like today? Um, we're doing great. You have a lot of appointments today. One thing that is not on the schedule, but that I wanted to bring to your attention is that there is a Mr. Lester Holt in the lobby who says he is from the SEC. I have checked him out and he is legit and he seems to want to talk to you about a very urgent matter. SEC. Thank you so much, Rory. Um, if you could, uh, great. Um, if you could wait here and uh, if you could actually give a call to, uh, let's see, who's my next appointment? Uh, Genevieve. If you could call Genevieve Cosley uh, and let her know that I'm going to be about an hour late for our meeting, that would be ideal because this is something that really needs to be dealt with. Thank you so much for bringing it to my attention. I don't know why Bobby hasn't tried to get a hold of me, but uh, I'll go down. I'll go down right now and sort of take care of it. All right. Um, yeah, don't be too hard on Bobby. He knows that you like to have things done through me. I appreciate. I understand. I will take care of it. And um, thank you so much. Yeah, if you could give, if you could give, give her a call. Use my office phone. It's fine. Uh, it uh, probably the quickest way to do it because then she'll see it's me and answer. She might tell you to voicemail. Otherwise, she's she's a bit difficult like that sometimes. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, I will uh, do that, and I will reschedule your other appointments accordingly. That's going to have a little bit of a domino effect on your afternoon, but I think we can figure it out. Hey, I, you know what? That's 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 play in the game. Sometimes <laughs> the dominoes fall down, right? God, Am I right? I hate this guy. <laughs> uh, he walks off and kind of like shuffles you into his office, and it is the exact office that your picture that this guy would have. Like every single detail of it, just too much black leather. There's definitely like some super overpriced paperweights. Um, oh yeah, Cri- definitely crisp, like shaped crystals. Yes, like there's something there's something on his desk that is by like an up and coming artist, and you know that this fucking paperweight. Wait, can I swear? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I thought so, but I wanted to make sure. <laughs> you know that this paperweight probably costs like fifteen hundred dollars, and it's just there so that his clients know he's on top of the art scene. Yeah, for sure. So. You go to pick up the phone, and, like, as you're doing it, the phone is, like, right at the window. You pick up the phone, you start to dial, and what you see is sort of out of the kind of side alleyway, or or outside of the door, the front door, into a side alleyway, you see Lester Holbrook, Securities and Exchange Commission agent, dragged into an alley and no one seems to notice. Um, is he, who's he being dragged into an alley by? Two people that you've never seen before in, like, black suits. Okay. Or, like, black and gray kind of, like, pinstripey suits are just kind of, like, grabbing him. And you hear, you can, you hear, you know, over, like, the, 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 the bustle of the early morning city, it's still, like, it's kind of that late morning, so it's still kind of dusky. You know, it's, everything's got that kind of orange to it. Yeah. So you see him getting dragged off, and you hear you can hear just over the the hustle and bustle of the early morning city a periodic glimpse of like, no, but I, no, you don't under, you can't. And then he, they put him in a car, and the car drives off. Uh, can I get a license like, plate on the car? Uh, he let me, maybe. 
I think me, I could probably I think roll this is for an, that. I think this is an S. Yeah, this is an investigate. Give me an investigate. You're gonna roll plus power. So this is based on the powered by the apocalypse system, except instead of having discrete stats, you have a number of power tags, which are things that you're uniquely good at. That you can basically, if you can point to any of them and say this would, this is something that would give me an immediate advantage. You can use it to give that a plus one bonus. Okay. Or if you have. Let me see how weakness tags work. Or if you have any of your weakness tags, which are th- which are problems that you face that are that are that are in your way, if any of those could cause you to uh, drop your power by one, you can tag those as well and gain a point of attention. This is basically like experience. Okay. So, and I can combine power tags from different um, cards, right? I forgot what the name of the card yeah. is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm thinking pow- appropriate power tags for this would be hidden vantage point from my for sure. mobility power and yep. also snooping around from my um, mission power. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay. Because you're in this, you're in this spot where you can see this happening and you're good at like spotting details. You're good at noticing things. Yeah. Okay. 2d6. That is... A nine plus two, so that's an eleven. An eleven. Uh, so you get, uh, you get two clues. Clues are things you can spend at any time to ask question, ask relevant questions to uh, to help kind of further this mystery of specifically what happened, what happened to Lester Holbrook and uh, what he was investigating. So you get two clues. Because you got over a 10 plus, you are perfectly fine. You are not in any sort of danger. You're able, so so you kind of watch this scene and you can ask me two questions now or you can save those clues for later. Okay. Would you like to spend one of those clues to like get the license plate? Yeah, I definitely want to get the license plate. And um, I think, I don't know if there's anything worthwhile that I would get out of this because my instinct is to use the other clue to like, examine the car like is this a is this a super high-end car is it a car that's designed to blend into a crowd is it like a car that's known for i don't know off-roading or something um does that make sense it yeah yeah yeah. so i I can answer pretty much both of those with some similar sort of details to kind of help you along the way um what you, you you get the license plate but what you notice is it has it seems to have one of those temporary paper license plates that they've kind of bolted onto it that's sort of dangling Mm -hmm. when like they haven't gotten the proper metal plates but as you're watching it you write down the number and you see it kind of flap and there's definitely a metal plate under it so they've they've so whoever is doing this has like stapled or or like affixed a fake a temporary fake plate over top of the actual license plate and you see just enough of the the metal plate to know that they're different numbers so, like, whomever is doing this, like, this is clearly somebody who is, who is basically, uh, like, doing this ex- and with the explicit intent of covering their tracks and making sure that even if somebody is studying this, they are not going to be, like, they're not making it easy. And furthermore, the car is slightly, it's, it's, a, it's a nice car. It's sort of like a Lincoln Town car-ish. But it looks slightly shoddy like it looks like there's some some rust areas some paint has scraped 
but it's also nonetheless kind of looks it looks like it's it's shoddy by design like shoddy it looks like it was intentionally made shoddy like some of those paint scrapes are a little bit too clean it doesn't look like paint has just worn off or been scraped off it looks like somebody like carved it off okay it looks like some of the rusted areas have been sanded and not necessarily just rust that has accrued every part of this car seems to be sending the image to somebody that's not studying it as closely as you that it's sort of like just a a a trashy car. Okay. But it also looks like it's it's that somebody somebody purchased a nice car because they figured if I'm going to buy a car why would I not buy a nice car and then made it shoddy instead of just buying a shoddier car. Okay, cool. Um two quick follow-up questions. Do I get any yep. of the numbers from the real plate that's underneath the fake plate? Uh, you maybe get, like, two. Okay. You maybe get, like, a ZX. If I had, if I had thought, if I had thought about it for, if I had thought about it before recording, I definitely would have made the license plate, like, something, and then I just completely <laughs> didn't even consider it, so it's not gonna be, like, a fun acronym or a reference or something. Okay. Um... And the second follow-up question is, are, are there, are any of the markings, like, large enough to be distinctive? Like, something that would be noted in a police report. Um, massive dent on driver's side door or something like that. Uh, in, in guards, in terms of, like, very obvious stuff, no. Okay. Like, they, like, it's definitely, you know, it's, it, the ways that it's shoddy are definitely things that if you were to tell it to a police officer... They would just say, like, yeah, it's a shot. It's a crappy car. What do you want us to do? Yeah. Like, okay, you want me to find a car with some rust patches? Great. Cool. Right. Exactly. Uh, black, car, black car rust patches. Okay. That'll turn up in the city. Okay, cool. So I'm going to write down um, the, t- the fake tag and the real tag. Mm-hmm. Um, or what I have of the real tag, the two digits. Um and, like, any other notes on the car as far as, like, if I caught the make or the model or whatever. Um, and finish leaving the voicemail. Um, and then I'm going to, like, walk out and see. Um, can I see? I forgot my boss's name. Uh, Linderman? Linderman. I almost said Lidecker. Different, different. Linderman is, like, half, meets you, like, halfway to the lobby and is just, like, <sighs> Rory? I I gotta be honest with you, this is a moment of real feedback. You scared the pants off of me. I, you, you, you can't, I I thought that there was an SE, there was a securities and exchange agent sitting around in the lobby. I thought I was going to prison. Clearly, clearly left. Nobody, you know, he said, must have, must have walked off. Must not have been that important. If you've, did he, uh, Bobby said he gave you a card though. Like I can always call him and we can set up a meeting later. Yeah, um, this is his card. Uh, Perfect. Thank you so much, Rory. Yeah, you're you're so great. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, you know, you know, uh, sometimes audits happen, and and I it's I, I I get in my own head about it, where I'm like, why did what did Dad do something wrong and didn't realize it? But I guess if you've been in the game as long as I have. You know, you'd figure those things go away, but they never really do. But hey, I appreciate you following it up, and that's that's great initiative. Showing like you know, you know what's important. You know what you know where to find me. You know what's important. Are you Rory? Hey Rory. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank you, and sir. He walks off. Cool. 
Oh, I hate him so much. <laughs> yes. Um, same. So what's the rest? Of, I have like multiple conflicting things going on here. Um, let me, does it, is it cool if I just like sort of tell you the things that are running through my head right now and then we can figure out yeah. like what's feasible at this moment? Yeah, actually, I would love for you to do that because like now that we've kind of played out a day in the life and we've kind of kickstarted the mystery, I would love to, the game actually asks that we start like a good mystery with a good solid uh, film noir style like voiceover thing. So if you want to talk through like how you're feeling about the mystery and give us where your where your head's at. That would be perfect. Yes. Okay. So as we, I think like cinematically how this would play out is that, you know, this is like maybe a voiceover for like, of like mm-hmm. over like the rest of the workday. Um, I'm not quite sure what to make of this morning's events. I have observed some things that seem less than kosher here, um, but I've never seen anything that was quite that overtly bad. And... I don't know if um, if Linderman is lying to me or if those were his men. That does seem extremely, that seems like extremely overtly bad. Uh, and I don't, he doesn't strike me as exactly a stand-up guy, but I'm not sure that he's like quite too uh, hiring like thugs in pinstripe suits to kidnap people. That seems a little iffy. I don't know. I want to look up this license plate. This is the only clue that I really have to go on, but I don't know if I know anyone who has access to that kind of database. Um, maybe one of the criminal justice kids at school. Like sometimes they also are in finance classes or other classes that have to do with like administration type stuff. And I also have to figure out how to do all of this without setting off any more alarms at work. And that as I, we're seeing that, and that's kind of like, I think as as you're saying, I don't want to set off any alarms at work. That's kind of when you're like locking up and leaving. Yeah. And you, you know, Bobby like waves. It's like, I'll see you tomorrow, bright and early, first thing. Oh, you know it, Bobby. And you're kind of just, and you're walking through the streets. And yeah, I, I mean, if you want to talk to a criminal justice kid, they're definitely around. You're in one of these like big city universities. It's probably called like, Cosmo universe like Cosmo like Cosmo University or like Metro U. I like Metro U. You're at Metro University. Yes. And it's like, you know, it's got all of the departments. So like if however you want to research this, you can absolutely try to further investigate this and try to like hit this research. Okay, cool. Um yeah, so I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a role for this or what I should roll. I'm assuming that so the way I picture Rory is that they are like, or she's pretty driven by like wanting to get out of that small town mindset, wanting to be successful, not wanting Mm -hmm. to have to go back home, but at the same time has like a fairly strong sense of right and wrong. Like there has to be some Mm -hmm. reason that Renard would choose to manifest through her reincarnate through her. For sure. Um, So if she was like completely amoral in her pursuit of like making it big, then that wouldn't be happening. So she's, I'm assuming that like, she probably knows somebody who is like in the criminal justice program or, you know, that maybe they've like got a shared class and they've been study buddies or something. Yeah. So this guy, um, let's see. 
We'll say, uh, we'll get, we'll name him Martin. Martin's a good, Martin's a good studenty name. Yes. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah. So she's going to like Martin Van Horn. Martin Van Horn is his name. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah. So like, as she's like leaving work, she's texting Martin and they, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining their relationship is like. Not completely strictly academic, but, like, fairly casual. They're not, like, super close mm-hmm. friends, but they've, like, studied together for tests before. Um, yeah. And she's texting Martin and is like, hey, I have something I need help with, an extracurricular project that I need help with. Um, are you, would you be able to, like, meet tonight and maybe talk about something? Yeah. And he says, like, of course, of course. I'm always, I'm always down. You want to grab, grab a slice? Yeah, yeah. Let's go get some za. And we, we pan over to the pizza place. I'm going to ask you for a role here to sort of, as you talk to, to Martin to figure out, like, to fig- get get a lead on this license plate, I'm going to ask you for a convince role. Okay. When you're, you're using your abilities to talk, threaten, or seduce someone into doing something. So you're talking Martin into, like, looking through this. Tell me what that looks like, and then roll, give me a power roll. Okay. So I'm trying to decide how honest she would be because... If, like, this is pretty clearly, seems pretty clearly some kind of, like, criminal intent is going on here. And I would imagine that if she Mm -hmm. point blank was like, hey, I'm pretty sure I witnessed a kidnapping, then the response from, like, a criminal justice major would be like, well, call the cops, you dork. Um, But Mm -hmm. she, since she has observed, like, previous shady behavior at this firm, her suspicion is that if she called the cops that it would not be looked into adequately and or that someone would find out that she called the cops and it would come back on her somehow. So she's like trying to like sort of, um, you know, like sort of batting around the bush, like, Hey, yeah. So, um, this project that I'm doing for extra credit, uh, we're supposed to, you know, see what it would be like to trace someone who was doing a white collar crime and, uh, you know, with license plates, like, how would you do that hypothetically? If they had, like, if you had faked a license plate, how would you find out the means through which they had procured it? Or if you only had two digits of a license plate, is there, like, an algorithm or something that could test the other digits? Look look it up, like, combined with facts about the car, that kind of stuff. And I think... Yeah, all right, give me that, give me that power roll. Okay, and I think... I think power, I think for this again, snooping around. I don't think season negotiator is like super applicable here. I was actually going to exact, I was going to suggest, I think that actually works pretty well here. Like you're trying to, you're trying to get him to do what you want on your terms. And I think that's, that feels like solid negotiation. Okay. So that's, um, 2d6 plus two. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Well, um, that's a five. Great. Good. Um, okay. Yeah. So he actually gives you this information. He's like, oh yeah, for sure. You can actually pretty easily like, I mean, the thing is, even if it's a fake license plate, like it had, like uh, the, 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 the best, the worst thing that they can do is just give random information. Cause then if a cop runs the plate it's going to come up as something random and it's going to raise a red flag or it's going to come up as a non-existent plate 
and they're going to get pulled over. So if somebody were to make a fake license plate, they would have to use like somebody that they could point to and somebody that could reasonably give a cover for this car, theoretically. Um, it's all pretty cool. So he kind of lays all of this out and he lays all of this out and basically like talks you through it. And what you end up, as you kind of run these, you, 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 you know, punch in the numbers to go to bing, you punch, you bing the numbers and you, um, it comes up with, uh, it actually comes up with sort of an associate of Linderman's, which is just, uh, Mr. Jacques, uh, Jacques Marai. Okay. Who is sort of a freelance legal consultant who comes in and, you know, is pretty thoroughly in Linderman's pocket. Is somebody that, if you were looking for, if you were looking for somebody to maybe, like, yeah, is pretty thoroughly in Linderman's pocket, is pretty thoroughly somebody that, like, works for Mr. Linderman in a capacity that you're not 100% clear on. Okay. Yeah, that seems appropriately shady. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a way to do this role sort of, like, retroactively, um, but... Sure. So I'm thinking, like, she learned, she's listening to Martin talk, and she uh, bings this, gets this name, this information, and um, her, like, we have sort of like a jump cut back to earlier in the day, a flashback. I don't know mm-hmm. why I said jump cut. There's a word for this. It's a flashback. Um, <laughs> we have a flashback to earlier in the day, and she's, like, replaying the conversation with Linderman in her mind to see if there was any indication that he was lying. Um, and, that, like, is he a good liar is there was there any indication that he was lying because if this guy is in his pocket and the car is associated with him that would imply that he knows but he acted like he didn't so she's trying to figure out if this is something that he knew about or if this guy did it like without um lenderman's knowledge okay um why don't you as you're kind of digging into this give me an investigate okay and I'm thinking this would probably also be two for snooping around and sheer determination. Sure. Okay. Man, um, that is a four plus two, so that's a six. Okay. Um, yeah, then uh, as you're... So uh, we flash back and you're starting to like look into all of this, but I am going to activate one of your weakness tags, which is impossible schedule. And have it be that, like, Linderman's been real hard on you today. And you're not really sure why. He's just dumping projects on you. And, like, it's frustrating because some of them are cool projects. Like, he's like, if you could, like, help, if you could pitch a draft of, like, if you could pitch a draft of some social copy for this project. But also, if you could, like, I know that my schedule's a little out of whack because of the whole thing with the, the, with the agent Holbrook, so if you could, like, settle that, if you could, like, make sure that my schedule's up to date, and he's just been hurling, like, his schedule, like, he's been hurling things at you real randomly for through for the entire day. And so, like, you haven't been able, you haven't been able to, like, look into anything, and also you're, like, real exhausted. Like, you've just been run ragged all day. Okay. That makes sense. And I'm assuming, so this is, is this the next day after the initial thing? Or is this like at the end of the first day still? 
I think this is at the end of the first day, okay. and then, like, you, you're walking out and kind of, like, meeting with Mark. Okay. Like, this is the first chance you've had to really, like, dig into the information that you've had. Okay. So, what I know is that there was someone from the SEC who, as far as I know, is legit, and who really wanted to talk to my boss, who I have a suspicion is doing something shady to what degree I do not know. And I saw this guy get bundled into a car with fake plates that trace back to a freelance, I'm doing air quotes right now, a freelance legal consultant um, for that same boss. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where to go next. Um, Is there any, are there any like offices associated with the legal consultant? Yeah, um, you actually, yeah, you have, you, you're able to, like, there's a, there's a life, there's an address associated with the, there's an address associated with the license plate that's, like, a small, you kind of know the building, you've passed by it, it's, like, a big old, like, one of those big, like, unmarked office buildings on the far end of town. Okay. So, like, you could go there and check it out if you wanted to wait until tomorrow, but you're probably, I'm actually gonna put a condition on, or a status on you that is... Uh, exhausted one that will related to like doing stuff late at night, like lower your power temporarily. Okay. Yeah. I think especially given that she was studying for finals the night before and has been run ran ragged all day. I think she like seriously considers and is kind of like looking at this address, figuring out how long it's going to get there by taking the subway. Um, and it's just like, man, I can't, I just can't do it tonight. Uh, I guess I'll see how much time I have on my lunch break tomorrow. Um, and it's just right. going to like go home and go to bed. Um, what's when you get back to your apartment, what's the sign that it, what's the sign that alerts you? Like, since you are, you are tied to Reynard and you are tricky in a way that uh, they are not anticipating what clues you in that your apartment is being broken into? I think. Let me think. I think it's um, the position of the blinds. Like okay. she always leaves the blinds half up because she has a cat who like sometimes likes to sit in the window. Um, mm-hmm. And whoever this is put the blinds all the way down. So she's like walking up the stairs and sees the blinds in her front window. And it's like, that's not how I left this this morning. Okay. Yeah. What do you, what do you do? Like you, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are people, if that there are people probably like, and especially as you kind of like open the door, like you see that and you're like, okay, something, somebody has changed that. Something has happened in the apartment. Yeah. You open the door, you go inside, you can hear people like, you can hear people like as you're in the stairwell, because I'm kind of, I, I, I think your apartment's probably like near, near enough the stairwell that you can kind of hear people ruffling in your apartment. Okay. Um, yeah. From the stairs. So what I'm going to do, I know what I'm going to like do. I'm not sure what I'm going to do like mechanically, but like first off, mm-hmm. as soon as she hears the noise, she's going to like look around and I'm assuming that she's probably got like a messenger bag or a backpack or something um, mm-hmm. is going to like put that down 
in like a corner or something. Um, she wants to have, I'm like, I'm like working on freeing up my mobility so that I can both dodge and or fight if necessary. Yeah. So probably yeah, yeah. like immediately put the book back down, take the blazer off. Um, like I pictured her as having super short hair, so she's not going to like put her hair mm-hmm. up in a bun or anything, but she's basically making sure that her, that there's nothing, nothing completely unnecessary that they can grab onto. And then she is going to walk as quietly as possible and like, creep up to the door and sort of do a quick look in if there's mm-hmm. like is the door cracked or is it closed uh the door is we'll say we'll, uh, we'll say we can say cracked i think i think you can i think you can get a peek inside okay in fact why don't as you get a peek inside in fact why don't you give me um as you're kind of peeking inside give me a give me an investigate all right i as you're at as you're in a position where you can do this, since you have sort of these abilities, since you have power tags such as nimble as a fox and like well-timed distractions, I think you're able to like get closer and like look, like speak in without them noticing. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the three I was thinking of for this one would be hidden vantage point, nimble as a fox, and well-timed distractions. If that's legit yeah. to you, okay. I'm calling it. I'm the well-timed distraction is the cat is just starts like meowing <laughs> and like. I don't even think attacking. I think that like the cat is trying to play with one of their legs and is just like <laughs> rubbing up, and they're just like, "But I, they get, you're very cute though." Is that <laughs> okay? So two d six plus three. It's a four and a four, so that makes eleven. All right, so you get three clues, so you can ask quite three questions at any time. Uh, what you immediately see is that is. It's the same two guys in suits are like roughing up your apartment to and like making it look like they're basically they've they've lowered the curtains so that they can make it look like a break in has happened. Do they seem to be targeting any particular area of the are they aimlessly? Or I guess I, what I mean is they're making it look like a random robbery okay. has happened since there is, in fact, since they don't have to make it look like a break in has happened <laughs> since a break in has literally. Happened. Uh, so are they like aimlessly tossing my apartment or are, do they seem to be looking for something? Uh, kind of aimlessly tossing your, uh, the, uh, the, the answer to this, the clue that I'll give you is they are making it look like they are targeting where you would keep, where like valuables would be kept. So they're like tearing up like, the your tiny little entertainment center where your TV is like they're knocking they're throwing DVDs around not the switch to make it look like somebody broke in to just steal whatever's valuable okay and presumably something happened to you in the process okay um do they have any defining physical features like does one of them have a scar on their face um do they like speak with a specific accent anything like that um one of them definitely has a scar on his face because that's cool and that's classic noir and for sure and the other one has um like you get a brief look at his eyes and they just seem like too piercing like, and he's got the bags under his eyes that kind of give it that highlight, and they just pop. It's almost like a domino mask. Oh, no. But it's just, like, his natural expression. Okay. And they're just kind of, like, tossing up the place. But, like, you get a clear picture and could definitely point them out. Okay. If, in, like, a lineup, if you needed to. Okay. Are they, 
I'm trying to think of how to word this last one. I guess I, so I don't know how to word this question, but I think what she's doing is weighing if she will have enough time, like she's considering ducking back out into the stairwell and making a quick 911 call or like doing some kind of an emergency text or something with like an app. Um, and is trying to figure out where they're at in the ransacking. Like, does she have enough time to take 30 seconds to do this and then come back and interrupt them? Or are they like um, getting ready to walk I- out? I would say you're spending a clue, so you absolutely have time to do whatever you need to do. Okay. And in fact, um, in fact, related to that, like as you're stepping out, I, I will, I will have what will, what I'll say is like, some you get a text that says like, "Don't go home" from a number that like you don't from a from a, from an un, from an unknown number. Okay. Um, yeah. So what I'm going to do is. I don't know. I'm trying to decide if this character would be paranoid enough to like have something on their phone. Cause I know that there are like apps you can install that like send out some kind of a beacon or something. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm going to say probably so because having come from a small town and then moved to like what is relatively a large metro area by comparison and having parents who are from small towns and who are very paranoid, I'm betting that Rory's mother made her install like one of those one button like emergency apps on her phone. So um, she like uses like she like types in a little bit of a description, like two men broke into apartment, this address, please come immediately. And like, you know, adds like one has large facial scar or something. And then sends that hits the button so that that's sent to like nine one one or whatever. Um, It probably like screen caps the, the text message and like mm-hmm. emails it to herself or puts it in Dropbox or something. Yeah, sure. Um, I am maybe projecting my paranoia. Um, the entire time no, I was no, I think- watching Daredevil season one, I was like, Oh my God, why don't you have a security camera in your apartment? Um, <laughs> I think, I think a little, I think a little paranoia here is fine. Cause someone is trying to murder you and make it look, make it and cover it up. So I think a little paranoia here is justified. Okay. Give me a sneak around. Roll. Okay. To do to, to to pull all of this off without being spotted. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and for those tags, I'm gonna say nimble as a fox snooping around. Mm-hmm. Well time does well time distractions fit? Uh, what's the dis- what's the distraction? So talk me through what your well time distractions ability is, since I realize the listeners at home might not have since we talked about it, but the listeners at home weren't part of that conversation. And I've just now realized that. Right. Yeah. So what we talked about was sort of like the idea of um, things just sort of happening around her. So Mm -hmm. like one of those things where she's about to get caught, someone sees her and then like a stack of important papers falls over um, in a hugely dramatic fashion or someone is about to like someone is, you know, about to stop her doing something and then someone stops them or they like trip and fall or things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, Yeah. So, so, so describe to me what the distraction is and then I'll, and then uh, you can absolutely use it. Okay. What distracts, what distracts these two as they're about to like look outside and see you? My first thought, well, so we could go back to the cat and have the cat knock something over in the other room. Um, My cat does that all the time. I don't know if that would be enough, though. I was wondering if, like, maybe somebody walks by on the fire escape outside and is, like, talking loudly 
Oh, I love that. And they that. stop to like make sure that. Yeah, that's perfect. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 old lady Rodriguez is like talking to her grandson on the phone is like. Why don't you, what do you, what do you mean? It's, what do you mean? It's, it's, she's, she's like, it's 2 a.m. Rodney. Why'd you call me? (laughs) Yeah, I know you don't know time zones. I know the West Coast is different, but like, it's late here. You can't be calling me. You never call. And then the one time you do, it's two in the morning and your excuse is that you don't know time zones. You know, Rodney knows time zones. <laughs> you know time zones, Rodney. Uh, yeah. So this is happening, and they this is happening, and they both have to stand real still, or else old lady Rodriguez is gonna hear this. Okay. So having got away, oh, I need to roll a sneak around, right? So that's plus three. We decided that's plus three. Yeah. That is a three. I don't know where this other die went. And a six. Perfect. So that's a twelve. Perfect. You are you are left you you you're able to pull this off. Like uh, you get a text back that's like police are on their way, and you immediately because it's the city and cops are kind of everywhere. You see the lights flashing outside. Okay. The uh, the two guys like run through and they run to the other stairwell. So like you kind of so they don't see you. You pull this off. You grab the screen grabs, and like the cops. What I'll say is that the last thing, the thing you, the thing you see as where, so when you walk back into the apartment after they've left, you pull up the blinds and you see there's like a, a car sitting with its lights off and there's like a person inside just kind of waiting. And when the cops pull up, um, somebody gets out and you recognize that's Leo Zaxby. That's, that's Linderman's partner. Oh no. That's not good. And he, like, gets out, and is just kind of, like, walking around, and, like, the cops see him, and and he, like, acknowledges them, and they're both real friendly together, and they come in, and they get your statement, and it's all great. Like, they, they get your statement, they, they you tell them which, you tell them that you saw the guys, and it all seems to go okay. Okay. What do you do now? So... I don't know if it would be that night or the next morning because, mm-hmm. like, some part of me is like, okay, she'd be super exhausted and fall asleep. And the other part of me is like, okay, she'd also be super stressed. Um, oh. I kind of I kind of picture it as a stress blackout at that point. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. your adrenaline just bottoms out and you are just asleep on the couch. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, futon. You are, ni- you are 19. <laughs> yes, right? Oh, 19-year-olds, their bodies are made out of rainbows and pixie dust. Um, <laughs> so... Well, of course, she's going to check and make sure the cat's okay. And it seems like the mm-hmm. cat's probably totally fine. Um, What's the cat's name? What is the cat's name? Um, Sonic. Sonic is good. It's a good cat name. <laughs> uh, so Sonic is fine. She feeds yep. him, uh, passes out on the futon. The next morning, actually, I think what she's going to do is do interns get personal days? Um, you could probably take you could probably take one. I think that I think that Linderman Zaxby like gets get they puff themselves up about like we offer we offer our interns like all the sick time they need as long as 
as long as like you know they they can make they can make sure that that someone covers it you can take all the time you need your life comes first because you're shaping yourself into the kind of employee that we're going to want to work with down the road yeah Oh, boy. I don't believe it at all. Um, <laughs> no, you shouldn't because it's corporate garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's like when startups offer unlimited vacation, but what it actually means is that you get punished for taking any vacation. Yes. Uh, yeah, so she, like, calls in. She wakes up probably, like, as early as is physically possible. I mean, like, 5 or 6 a.m. And, like, calls in, leaves, like, this extremely overwrought voicemail about how she needs to take a personal day because she's traumatized because, you know, her apartment was broken into and these people were, like, she's been receiving threats and she just needs to take a day at home to rest up and make sure that she's, like, mentally capable to do her job. And she'll probably, like, text or call Bobby and be like, hey, Bobby, I'm really sorry. I'm going to owe you one. I'll buy you Starbucks for a week. Um, Can you, like, take on as many of my duties as you can? So, so yeah. that way she has like 12 hours straight to figure this out, which is never going to happen in her mm-hmm. schedule otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the first thing I'm going to do is Google that number, um, the one that sent me the text message. And what did the text message say again? It just said like, don't go, don't go home tonight. Okay. Um, so whoever sent this was trying to keep me from getting murdered. So I'm going to like... Mm-hmm. Google this number, see like if there's, you know, like what area code it's from. If I, it's, um, it's from your area. You can tell it's like from the same, from like the, the common area code of the city. Like it's, and like Googling it tells you that it's basically a burner. Okay. And I'm going to ask, give me, give me an investigate role to see what else you can kind of figure out as you're like researching this number. Okay. For this one, I'm thinking, uh, snooping around in sheer determination. Cool. Okay, that is seven plus two, so that's a nine. Okay, um, on a nine, you get two clues. So you can ask me two questions, but um, I am going to say, um, oh, I'm going to ask. I here's once you figure all of this out, I'm going to ask you a question as well. Okay, because you're going fi- to you've you've got a pretty good idea. Like you're you're able to get a lot a fair amount of information on this. So ask me two questions. Okay. Um, I'm thinking, so I think the thought process would be knowing this is a burner phone. Is there any way to trace like which store it was bought at? Um, something like that, like which store it was bought at or yeah, I I will, I'll do you one better and say like, yeah, you, cause you, because you feel this kind of in your stomach, right? You feel like you you start to like wonder this and you're just staring at this number for a while going like, I don't know how to crack this. And then this voice in your head just laughs and is like, this is amateur hour. This is, this is someone trying to play a trick on a trickster. And suddenly you, you just click and your, your fingers hit keys. And you are within minutes able to like figure out like track it back to the store. You're able to like you know you 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 send out a tweet because Twitter customer service is the best customer service that there is. And the the store basically is like yeah this person bought it because you're like oh they stole my identity and it's this whole thing and it just it swirls and it was Zaxby. Okay. 
the plot thickens. So, taking it from the top, what I know so far is that Lenderman may or may not know that crimes are being done in his name or at his firm. Can't decide if he's a good liar or just like an actual doofus. Um, Zaxby seems to have connections to both the crimes and telling me not to go home, which is odd. And then there's this office that I haven't visited. Um, I'm thinking on what I want my second question to be. I think I'm going to trigger my move and ask you a question. Okay, fair. Because I think, like, your phone rings, mm-hmm. and I think it's Saxby, like, calling you personally. Oh. And he's like, oh, my God, I, Rory, I heard the news, and I am I am just so happy that you're okay. I heard, I, I heard there was a break-in at your apartment. I... I just, I, I couldn't, I, I, you've been so, such a wonderful intern for us. I, I can't imagine the trauma that you're going through. Um, is there, if there's anything we can do to help you, please let us know. Um, and I think the question I want to ask you as he just like lays this on super thick is he's like, is, is he's basically, he throws out like seven different, um, Outs, basically. He gives he give he gives you outs. And the question that I want to ask you that he's trying to like figure out Can you be bought to drop this? Or are you going to see it through to the end? Well the the real answer is that she cannot be bought, but she would want him to believe that she could. So she would probably be laying it on equally thick like probably not probably not actually crying or fake crying on the phone because you know like that's Mm -hmm. too much emotion but she's very much like uh thank you it's been really hard um the police said that they're looking into it but they don't know they don't know what it is they think it's just like a random coincidence um they couldn't find any motive uh my place was you know pretty ransacked but i've just I just wish I'm so glad that that I got home when I did. If I had got home like 30 minutes earlier, it could have been so much worse. That's what the cops told me. So, yeah, yeah, you would have it would have been I mean, it would have been bad. I mean, I assume it would have been bad. It would have been a tragedy. It would have been unthinkable. It would have it would have been terrible. And I'm just really glad that you didn't get hurt. I'm really glad that whoever broke in didn't have a chance to hurt you because I think that would have been too far. I think it would have been, I mean, that's a weird, I think it would have been terrible is I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, Yeah. Thank you. That really means a lot to me, sir. I'm glad that I work at a place where, uh, where management cares so much about, you know, the the interns, everyone all the way down at the bottom of the food chain. I, you know, this isn't, this isn't, 
Rory, this isn't me as a manager. This isn't me as an employee of Zaxby Linderman. This is me as a, as a person who cares about people just being happy that you didn't get hurt in this. Thanks. That means a lot. Um, yeah, she's going to try and get off the phone after that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think he hangs up. So what's your next question? What happened? I guess that's not really a clue because my next instinct is to call the phone. Like I know, Mm -hmm. I know that Zaxby bought it, but I am curious Mm -hmm. if he is the one in actual possession of the phone, Um, especially after that conversation, because that makes me think that makes me lean more towards um, Linderman being like a decent liar and Zaxby Mm -hmm. getting sort of like pulled into this, clusterfuck without really being super chill with what's going on. So I'm going to call the phone, call that phone number and see what happens. uh, I'm going to call. I think I'll count this as a clue because I think the question of like, it does Zaxby have the phone. It it answered it because I think it like rings for a long time and it doesn't go to voicemail, which is weird because it's a cell phone Mm -hmm. and it rings for a long time. And finally you pick up and it's distinctly Zaxby's voice is just like, so we should talk. Yeah, I think that might be a good idea. Uh, sure, which one? That's the only, it's the only coffee shop that I know. It's the one that Bobby goes to. I don't, is there a better coffee shop? Could you tell me like a better coffee shop? Because like, I'm curious, I'm just, I, I, I don't know the city that well. So what's, what's the coffee shop that you're meeting, that you end up meeting Zaxby at? So I think, um, in the interest of being like, a little trickstery, like just a little bit of a little shit. I mean, she did like almost get murdered uh, by this guy's henchman. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. She picks like the most pretentious coffee shop, like that's like within easy access for her. So this is like the coffee shop where you know um, a shot of espresso is like four dollars. A latte is like yeah, nine dollars, yeah, yeah. and it's all single origin, and uh, the pastries are like five to ten bucks a piece it's super super pretentious and very expensive because she's gonna make him pay for it all yeah for sure and he absolutely does and like you you take one sip of the coffee and it's definitely like he specifically pulled someone aside and said like give the really really nice stuff that's like nicer than the stuff that you even thought to order like there's this is a coffee that's not on the menu (laughs) and you take a drink and you're like oh oh and he kind of just sits down and goes, so you're not walking away from this, I assume. I don't think I can. Um, hmm. Good. I was hoping that that would be the answer that you would give. Honestly, I, I would not. I, I don't want you to. Okay. Um, I'm confused. Can we start from the top? Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so... Define the top, I guess, is my question for you. Okay. I need to know where I need to start with this. Okay. Because it's certainly before, it's certainly before you realize, but I need to know where I need to, where, I need to know what you think is the top so that I can properly give context to the whole picture. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair point. So here's what I know. I have seen what seems like shady dealings at work sometimes, um, but it was never overt enough to make me want to take action on it. I am just an intern. I'm just trying to get by. Um, The other day, 
I, there was a man in the lobby who said he was from the SEC who said he needed to talk to Linderman, like, urgently. Linderman seemed panicked and stressed by this and had me completely rearrange his schedule. Uh, as I was doing so, I saw that man get bundled into a car with a fake license plate that traces back to a freelance legal consultant that works for Linderman. Linderman is either a very good liar or does not know what's going on. Um, and then those, if you, if you had to, if you had to guess, which one do you think? I it think is? he's probably a very good liar, but that's annoying because I think I'm, I, I like to think of myself as a pretty good judge of character. And I honestly well, didn't think he had I it mean, in him. Well, I mean, you deduce that he's a liar, so I would say your judge, your your character judging abilities are about as on par as you expect them to be. Well, that's I'm glad I have that out of all this, I guess. So let's begin from the top. The shady, the the shady was that the word that you used to describe the dealings in the office? Yes, that was the euphemism that I picked. You are not. You are on to something. Um. Suffice it to say that uh, we have an uh, we have an arrangement, he and I, Linderman and I, wherein I, being that I am popular, I, I blend into a crowd, I blend into a social scene nicely, I get leads. Linderman uses those leads to advise our clients to invest in stock, but the nature of the leads that I give Linderman are that a business is about to go under. So insider trading, insider trading coupled with a pump and drum, a pump and dump scam. A lot of things are happening. It basically means that by the time the, the by the time the feds investigate an organization, it has already gone under. So the people investing, they don't know. You don't notice the. It's a lot of things, but you are correct in assessing that shady things are happening. Okay. Who's presumably this? This agent figured this out and. This legal consultant that you speak of, uh, Jacques Marai, is our cleaner. Okay. And when you say cleaner, are you talking about all the loose ends? I think you know what I mean by that. Okay. So, um, here's how, here's where I want you to factor into this. I'm going to go away soon. After this conversation, I, I'm not a I'm not a bad person, but I'm not a good person, and I don't particularly enjoy the idea of going to prison, even minimum security. You understand? Yeah, would be. So rough. I'm going to tell you what you need to know, and I'm going to let you do your thing. Does that sound fair? I don't know if "fair" is the word I use, but it sounds doable. Perfect. There's paperwork that would link Linderman to Mirai in Linderman's office. Get a hold of it. Could serve as incriminating evidence, at least against Linderman. I it would theoretically incriminate me if I weren't around, if I were still around. But Zaxby is about to have an unfortunate car accident. You understand? Yeah. So do that. That's 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 the information that you need to. Fulfill whatever little mission you're, you have going on. I don't know your business. Okay. Um, is the information under any kind of lock and key? Is there any 
oh, surprise of, oh, of security. course, it's in his it's in his private vault. Uh, you would have to have his key code, which I believe he is stored in his phone. So you'd have to get a hold of his phone first, which would mean getting to him, then getting his phone, then getting into the vault. Or you could just crack the safe. It is, a, I mean, it is a safe, but that would be the time-consuming way to do it. Yeah. Tell me about it. Okay, so I need to get to Linderman's phone, get the access code for the safe, get to the safe, get the paperwork, and get the paperwork in the hands of the authorities, I'm assuming? Yes. That sounds like a fa- That sounds doable, as you put it. Okay. Do you have Linderman's schedule for the rest of the day? I had, I, 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 I've talked to Bobby. Bobby has arranged things. Okay. Well, I think that's something that I can work with. I don't honestly have a better plan at the moment. Then, then we're done here. All right. Uh, thanks for the fancy coffee, I guess. Of course. And by the way, I genuinely did feel bad. You're a kid. Yeah. That's why I sent the text. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Well. Dragging, dragging a fed into a car is one thing, but you're a kid. Yeah. Well, I'm glad there's a line. Thanks for, uh, the heads up, I guess. All right. Well, it's been it's been a pleasure, and uh, wear wear something nice to the funeral. And he gets up and walks out and climbs into just a just an obnoxiously nice car. What a douchebag! <laughs> right. Even in being a, even in in making a face turn, like he still kind of sucks. Yeah. Like congratulations, you didn't let a nineteen year old get murdered. Here's your good citizen star. Um, <laughs> right here's your here's your cookie. All right, so so we've got you've got your plan. Yes, so I'm assuming that it should be. I mean, I'm happy to roll for it too. Um, and there's probably some stuff that would be easy to do that. I'm assuming that it should be easy enough for me to have Linderman's schedule for the rest of the day. Um, what yeah. I would like to do is. Using using the information that I have from working at Linderman's personal as Linderman's personal assistant um, and working in the building, mm-hmm. I would like to manufacture some kind of emergency or snafu, disaster, something that is going to be urgent enough to get Linderman away from his phone for five minutes. Um, I'm yeah. like running through this is probably like a i don't know a montage or something as she's like getting dressed in businessy clothes um that can be easily layered like i'm imagining if i were going to do this what i would do would be like wear a skirt over black leggings or something something that can be like mm-hmm. easily taken off and be in like hypermobile blending in clothes so like a cat burglar outfit underneath like a business casual outfit yeah. um so but like layered so that it doesn't look super suspicious uh 
And, like, as we're sort of seeing this, like, preparation montage, um, she's, like, playing out scenarios in her head. Like, what would happen if I pulled the fire alarm? What would happen if um, someone hit Linderman's car, uh, like, in full sight of Bobby, and Bobby had to go get him? Uh, What would happen if he got a call on his office phone about some kind of personal emergency uh, that might be enough to distract him. So she's like, kind of like figuring these out. And I think out of those scenarios, the one that I like the most, because it comes with a little bit of destruction of awful rich person's property is the hitting mm-hmm. the car. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm going to say for all of mm-hmm. that. Cause I like, I love all of it. And it is a hundred percent leading into, into your identity as a trickster spirit. Right? Like you're causing a little destruction, you're breaking and entering, you are you are doing all of these trickstery things. Yeah. So the thing that I want to do for our grand finale is I wanna roll, I wanna ask you to make a stop holding back move. Okay. As this is as this is trickery on a scale that you have never attempted before. Yes, fair. So here's what's going to happen. There are four possibilities. You are resisting. It will burn you out. It will leave you. It will leave a mark. It will change you forever. I'm gonna write down one of these options. Okay. And then you are going to roll plus logos, which is to say you are going to roll for the number of ident of uh. You're going to roll the number of like mundane themes that you have, which is two: your opportunity knocking, and your high-powered internship. Okay. So I've written down which of those four those four possibilities will uh will 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 occur if if you if you if you pull this off. Okay. Here we go. Okay, one of those is a four. The other one is a four. So that is a ten, right? Yes. Yes. Perfect. So if you do this, it will change you. For, so what happens is I tell you what's about to happen. And you can decide whether to follow through with it and pay the price or hold back. And if you hold back, you'll tell me how you'll change your plans. Okay. If you do this, it will change you forever. If you do this, you won't have your high-powered internship anymore. And that will probably... You'll be allowed to shift, but it will probably shift into a mythos tag as you sort of embrace your destiny as this sort of burn, eat the rich, eat the rich trickster spirit a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Do you choose to follow through with the plan knowing that this is a, this is that, that voice in your head that started telling you how to like track down Zaxby has started to be like, just ruin him. Bring, bring this man to his knees. Bring all the rich people to their knees. Burn it all down. Yeah. Do you lean, do you, are you leaning into that? Yeah. Or are you pushing away? I think what this looks like is we have like the preparation montage where she's, you know, changing, picking her clothes, like picking the tools that are going to come with her. Um, maybe putting in a pair of like lock pick earrings. I don't know if you've seen those, but they're like a thing that yep. actually exists. Yep. So, and like putting on something like, I don't know if it's like a circle scarf or if it's like something, a hooded scarf, something like that, but she's putting Mm -hmm. on something that like could, can cover her face a little bit so that she can like sneak into the building while looking business casual and 
she like as she's she's getting ready to walk out the door and like looks back at her apartment um at like the mess that these people made and sort of like sighs and sets her teeth turns the lights off puts up her hood and walks out and we can hear like renard um we can almost like hear the voice smiling in her head as she walks out determined to just like fuck this Mm -hmm. guy up and so i think uh yeah i think tell me what it tell me what it looks tell me how you tell me how you pull it off tell me like the tell me the tell me the moment here's what i'm gonna say tell me the moment that is that that like it almost doesn't work and then you pull it off dramatically i'm assuming that like in 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 a metropolitan area like this and with this kind of building that's probably not street parking, right? Like, they probably have a parking garage. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So she is, like, walking up to the parking garage, and I think that, like, sort of symbolic of her, like, going full trickster spirit, she's not going to, like, swipe into the parking garage with her key card because, you know, like, why would she do that? So as she's, like, walking up to the parking garage, we sort of, like, see a quick glimpse of her, like, palming somebody else's key card off of their belt loop, um... And dropping hers on the sidewalk and just, like, leaving it there. She keys Mm -hmm. into the parking garage and is looking for Linderman's car, uh, which I'm sure has, like, is probably, like, on the first floor or, like, which, like... Oh, yeah. Depending on the building, sometimes, like, the top floor is the good one. Sometimes it's the first floor. But it's in, like, that super priority spot. And I'm sure it's, like, an obnoxiously flashy car reserved spot. And, um... She is going to, I don't know enough about cars to figure out how to do this because my instinct was to be like, she's going to cut the brake line and then like give it a push so that, but I don't know. I don't know if that's enough to like get it out of park. Um, What I'm thinking, what I would like to do, and I'm not sure again, like I don't know enough about cars to know how this would be doable is like, I'm thinking she wants to basically get it roll, like roll it as down the parking garage and like out into oncoming traffic, um, uh, and I'd say I'd say like using your like magic, you kind of like you pick the lock, and once you have the lock picked, you realize that it's a push button, and he's left the little key thing in yeah. there because he's just that cocky. Yeah, like he's like I don't I don't I, he's like I have another one. I don't I, I if I need to I can always like call a locksmith. <laughs> I can pay for the locksmith. Right. Yeah. So you're able to you 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 open it up. You start the car. You you send it into traffic. We get a shot of Linderman, like, holding up his obnoxious giant coffee mug and, like, taking a sip as he watches his car, like, smash into, like, a parked, like, a parked, like, UPS truck. Yes. And, like, he just drops, you know, we see the mug fall. Like, a fire hydrant somehow gets smashed, too. So not only is, like, the car destroyed, but the interior, which is all, like, suede, probably, is getting soaked. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and I think like, as like the moment there where she's almost caught is that there is like a parking garage attendant who tries yep. to stop. And she thinks that it's, she thinks that like, he's going to be able to stop the car at the last moment. And he just like, he was trying to, um, put down the security gate to stop the car from going out into traffic. And he couldn't get the security gate down in time and winds up just like diving out of the way of the car at the last moment as it rolls mm-hmm. out. Yep. 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 So, um, watching that, she, like, immediately, as soon as she sees that the car, like, can confirm that the car actually rolled into traffic, she's going to, uh, take whatever stairway, like, cut cut through the stairwell to get inside the actual office building. 
and mm-hmm. walking super fast, like doing that walk where um, the don't fuck with me walk where it's like not making eye contact, head is slightly down, yep, yep, like yep. trying to look unrecognizable, walking like you're on a mission or like something is wrong. She's going to make her way to Linderman's office. And I think like you pass him and he like shoves past you just in time for you to like if uh, do you want to do you want to go for the phone or are you trying to pick I'm going to go for the phone. If he's got the phone on yeah, him I, th- I think you're able to pull it out of his pocket like with that, you know. I think I think he's got it in his hand and like it rings because, you know, well-timed distractions. Yeah. Like it rings and oh, what did I say that what did I say that lady's name was? Uh, shit. I don't remember. Uh, Gabrielle. Well, no, it yeah. wasn't Gabrielle. It was something, something fancy sounding. She, uh, the phone rings and he looks at it and just goes, I, I do not have time for this. Rory. And he like shoves it to your <laughs> chest. And it's just like, I do not have time for this. And he just like bolts out. Okay. So yeah, she wasn't even counting on it being that easy. So now she's got the phone. So she's going to book it to his office um, and try to get the access code out of the phone. Do I need to roll something for that? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think like you, I think you like pull it up. I think like, I think what, I think the rest of this is just like almost muscle memory, right? Like you, 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 you know, you've, you've, that voice in your head just whispers like you've watched him enter his password before. Right. That voice in your head is like, you know where he stores his important stuff. And like, before you even realize it, you have the key card. You have like the the the, the combination in front of you. But I am going to ask you for uh, I'm going to ask you for one last sneak around. Vote All right. As you open up the. Uh... Cool. So, this is funny actually because I got dressed in cat burglar clothes underneath my outfit and I didn't even need it. Although, hey, it could come in handy. So, um, for the sneak around. I think the tags, I'm going to say snooping around. Snooping around for Nobody sure. bothers me. Yep. And like waltz in unregarded. Yeah, I'm down with that. All right. Oh, man. So these dice I have are like, they have a special design printed for the number six, but I keep thinking that it's a one. So I rolled an eight, but I thought I rolled a three. And for a minute I was like, Ugh! Mm. but uh, yeah, so that was an eight plus three. So that's an 11. An alarm goes off when you open the vault and you realize, but like you, but like that voice in your head as you pull it, it's like, yeah, there's an alarm. And you do it just in time to hear the alarm go off. And sure enough, that that cat burglar's outfit comes in real handy when you like acrobatics your way out of the building. Yeah. And like everybody is just kind of like everybody in the panic of Linderman's car, like papers are being thrown about and you just kind of like dance your way out. Yeah. Yeah. I think we see her like grab the papers. She like stuffs them um, like up her, like, like, you know, like tucks them in the waistband along her side so that they're folded flat against her, hard for anybody to steal or take out of her hands. And then we see her just like bust it out of there, stop on a stairwell and like take off the top layer of clothes so that she's in like, you know, a black turtleneck yep. and leggings or something. Um, still mostly has her face covered with this like scarf or something that she's wearing and like 
goes out the fire escape and like parkours down into mm-hmm. the alley. And I think the last thing before you leave this office forever, you see Bobby outside, like trying to like wrangle things. What's the last thing that you say to Bobby before you leave? Oh man. Cause I got to at least have that before we, before I, before I cut to my closing note. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I think she took something. I think she took something else from Linderman's office, that $1,500 paperweight. Um, she grabbed mm. it on her way out. And uh, so Bobby like gets a tug at his sleeve and turns around and he like probably doesn't even really register that it's her because of like the circumstances are so bizarre. And she's, you know, dressed like, like a cat burglar. And yep. he has this. And there's just something different about you now. Like you just are not quite the person you were even. This yeah. Morning. And he suddenly has this extremely expensive paperweight pressed into his hands and she winks at him and like, that's it. Like, I don't even think she says mm-hmm. anything. Yep. So uh, my closing note, the last thing I want to know is we, 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 we see you a few months later. Linderman is gone. Like is in jail. Zaxby is presumed dead in a car accident. But you probably you know, but you you know the rich better than that. Yeah. Where do we see you in like three months? What looks different about you in three months? What's different about your life in like three months? So I think she's switched majors. Um mm-hmm. I'm not sure what to. Uh, I don't know what college major a con artist would be taking. I'm kind of torn between fine art, like paint forgery, and criminal yep. justice, like uh, better impersonating it, law it, enforcement. It can be a double. It can be a double yeah. major. So um, we see her. Like we probably get like a couple of quick flashes of like her day now. So she's like. Going to find like she's improving her skills during the day. She's working on her counterfeiting skills at night and she is like learning how to work within the criminal justice system as someone who has no intention of like being a police officer. I love it. And so, yeah, I think that's the last thing that we see is this like new you and, you know, you catch you get a text from you get a text or you see like a news alert that like. Some other like some some other investment firm has just reported like record highs and you see Bobby's face in the background looking like vaguely uneasy and uncomfortable like he might know something. And that voice in your head just says, looks like you've got eyes on the inside, at least. Yeah, that'll be a good start. (laughs) And uh, I think that's and then like we pan out over the city with its lights and that mist creeps in. And that's game. Yeah. That was really yeah. fun. I really liked that. That was so much fun. Oh, God. I love so, doing heists. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was an absolute delight. Yes, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. So, uh, real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Um, so, I have, as mentioned, a lot of projects. The best way to find me or to keep up with any or all of them is on Twitter at underscore C-H-E-L-L-E-S-H-O-C-K. There's also michellenicoliason.com, which is sort of a landing page for all of those. But my last name is a little bit of a mouthful. So if you're on your phone, Twitter will be easier. If you have a chance to like look at the episode description and figure out how to spell my last name, then everything is linked to there. And I'm also on Patreon at 
shell shock exactly the same as my twitter handle but without the underscore brad well thank you so much for coming on the show this was a blast and a half and now i'm gonna throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show take a future me <laughs> thanks past me and thanks again to michelle for coming on the show that game was so much fun that was a blast be sure to check out all of michelle's incredible work that serendipity city unplaced their novel work, their game design work, all of it is cool and interesting, and you can find links to all of it in the show notes below. Also, be sure to follow them on Twitter at ShellShock. That's C-H-E-L-L-E Shock. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod, then like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Talk to us about the show, professional wrestling, you know, all of the stuff that people talk about. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review. iTunes reviews are super, super helpful in getting new people to discover the show. You can also just uh, tell a friend about the podcast or give us a little love on social media. Anything to help the show grow and discover new audiences is tremendously appreciated. If you'd like to support the show financially, as well as the games that I design, the community support that I give, and all the other things that I'm doing in my day, you can go to patreon.com slash jeffstormer, get early access to projects, games, and more, all for just a few dollars a month. It's a pretty great deal. If you enjoy the show, you should also consider checking out All My Fantasy Children, a podcast on the OneShot Network about character creation, storytelling, and world-building in tabletop role-playing games. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano says and I take a listener-submitted prompt, spin it into an original fantasy character, and populate a shared universe one story at a time. You can find new episodes every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about appearing on the show as a guest or about ad rates, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. Exciting news out of Metro City today, as stockbroker firm Zaxby Linderman is forced to close its doors amidst reports of corporate malfeasance and the possible involvement in the disappearance and presumed murder of an SEC agent. Also implicated in the murder is Jacques Mirai, so-called freelance consultant for Zaxby Linderman, whereabouts currently unknown. Well, 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 it seems our little fox evaded capture and pulled one over on the wolves. This is a blemish on my reputation I simply cannot allow stand. When someone hires Jacques Mirai to take care of a threat, I see it through to the end. So, it seems we have a bit of a fox hunt on our hands, and... Oh, how I love a fox hunt. <laughs>